Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Thursday, December 29th, 2022. We often talk about the rather friendly relations the pilgrims in Massachusetts had with their native neighbors. A few years earlier, in a few hundred miles south, the Jamestown colony in Virginia did not have the same fortune. But exactly how hostile they were is of some debate. John Smith, the leader of the colony, claimed Pocahontas successfully pleads for his life after tribal leaders wanted to execute him on this day in 1607. If we use the name Macintosh as a noun here in the States, the only thing that comes to mind is the apple fruit or some new computer product. In the British Isles, known for their rainy weather, it means a raincoat. Charles Macintosh was born on this day in 1760. As a teen, he spent his spare time studying chemistry, especially the distillate naphtha. He found that naphtha was a solvent for natural rubber. From there, he used the naphtha rubber solution to glue two layers of cloth together. When dried, it created a heavy waterproof fabric. Much could be said about the mindset where a teenager is more interested in scientific papers over the myriad of entertainment options we have today. With the advent and maturing of the internet, where we have vast amounts of knowledge just a few keystrokes away, yet drivel like baby shark becomes viral. This is not far from the concept we've discussed before. Reading expands the mind and promotes creativity far more than watching a video of the same story. Even turning off the picture and just listening would be an improvement. But alas, humans have great difficulty with doing what they know is the best course. It's easier just to lay back in our recliner, let our tongue loll, and drool. It must be a good day for self-taught chemist. Charles Goodyear was born on this day in 1800. Somewhat like Macintosh, Goodyear looked to rubber for solutions to material problems of his day. In the case of Goodyear, it was making rubber more durable. If you think about it for a moment, rubber is one of the very few natural products that acts much more like modern polymers. The petrochemical industry is still most of a century away. George Washington Carver, working in peanuts and their oil, will be a few years ahead of the oil industry. 17th President Andrew Johnson was born in North Carolina in 1808. He is most closely associated with the state of Tennessee. While historians do not look on his presidency favorably, Johnson is worth a study. A Southern Democrat and a senator, he had kept his seat in the Senate not walking out like the other senators from Confederate states. He was pro-Union, but not open to slave rights. The latter point was the crux of the matter when he repeatedly locked horns with Congress in the early years of Reconstruction and was nearly removed from office. The U.S. government signs a treaty with political faction of the Cherokee Nation that agrees to resettle to lands west of the Mississippi in 1835. The forced removal of the five eastern tribes begins in 1838. In fact, some of the people wanted to work out a plan to get along with their new neighbors and stay in the east. Politicians in the 1830s were not open to discussing that point. Texas is annexed into the United States in 1845. It's hard to imagine the White House with candles and oil lamps, but that was the light sources prior to 1848. The first gas lights are installed that year. James Polk was the president. The YMCA was formed in London. The first one in North America was in Montreal. In 1851, the first one in the United States opens in Boston. 
There was a lot of changes in ship architecture in the 1860s. Steam engines were a major part, and iron was another. The English HMS Warrior combines a screw propeller, iron hull, and iron armor to become the most modern warship of that period. The new technology made other ships obsolete, but that will only last until 1873, when a mastless ship was commissioned. The Warrior could also set sail if the engines failed or to conserve fuel. When a government action, no matter how well-intentioned, goes wrong, things get nasty quite quickly. In 1890, cavalry troopers were attempting to disarm a large group of Lakota Sioux. A single shot is fired in error, and the cavalry opens fire on the Indians at short range and from multiple directions. When the dust settled, more than 150 of the Sioux are dead and 25 troopers. One account says the trooper deaths may have been friendly fire in the chaos. The event will be remembered as Wounded Knee. It would be somewhat biased to call it a massacre, which it often is. But a serious overreaction would be more accurate. Neither side intended to create a melee. The first feature film to be produced in Hollywood begins principal photography in 1913. It was called The Squaw Man and directed by Cecil B. DeMille. The Irish Free State adopts a new constitution in 1937 and begins being called Just Ireland. Country singer, songwriter, and sometime actor Ed Bruce was born in 1939. A native of Arkansas, he grew up in Memphis. At 17, he wandered into the Sun Studios to visit with recording engineer Jack Clement. Bruce wrote and recorded many songs, but his work often charted higher with others recording his songs. Tanya Tucker had hits with two of Bruce's songs, The Man That Turned My Mama On and Texas When I Die. See the Big Man Cry was a hit for Charlie Leuven. Bruce's best-known song was recorded by Willie and Wayland. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. 1940, in the early months of World War II, German bombers are doing their worst on London. 10,000 bombs are dropped on the city. The air attacks were known as the Blitz, which had begun in September and continued until the next May. London was the primary target, but other major cities also suffered. That's history and comment for the 29th day of December. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.